This is the Very Necessary Podcast. Come on in, have a seat, and unplug from the world by listening to Jennifer, Vaughn, Yoshi, and Sue. Where you get our unapologetic view on relationships, balance, careers, and how we handle it all, or how we don't. This podcast is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. You can catch us each and every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon Music, and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your man, Big Cliff. Thank you for tuning in. As always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you check us out on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at carolinasportstalk.net, or you can find me on the Instagram. Yeah, I said it, the Instagram, at Carolina Sports Talk. You guys, I am excited for today's episode, so we're going to jump right into it. Um, I have got to start off talking about the NFL draft. It is right around the corner, you guys. I am so excited. So much so that I had the opportunity this morning. uh, Well, excuse me. Yeah, this morning, but for y'all, it'll be Tuesday morning yesterday because we release hashtag new, new episode Wednesdays. But I had the opportunity to be on ESPN radio with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin show on ESPN radio. Uh, I called into the show uh, Mr. Keyshawn Johnson, a former Carolina Panther wide receiver, wide receiver for the Jets, Tampa Bay Bucks, and for the Cowboys, was talking blasphemously about my guy, Mr. Kyle Pitts. Uh, they, very similar to what we did a few weeks back, had a mock draft. And leading up to the draft, they're releasing four episodes or four uh, picks per day. And they started off with the first four picks today. Uh, with the number four overall pick to Atlanta, Keyshawn Johnson was adamant that they, the Atlanta Falcons, should select a quarterback to be behind Mr. Uh, Matt Ryan for at least another year. Now, I don't think I'm, I'm I'm just like overjoyed and or disgusted or anything with that uh, with that prognostication. My qualms with Mr. Keyshawn Johnson this morning came in when he said, "I'm not wasting the fourth overall pick on a tight end." He then went on to say that, "Hey, if I've got this tight end coming in, and who what's going to happen in third down when?" He gets when we need to run the ball and he's got to go out. Then this is a wasted player. It's a wasted pick. I'm not wasting that pick. So naturally, Big Cliff wasn't happy with it. I had to call him up and let him know about it. I talked to him and I said, hey, Keyshawn, I hear what you're saying about that. And um, he's wrong. You're wrong. Mr. Kyle Pitts spent his entire freshman season or excuse me, his entire season last year. So that would have been his sophomore year. As we talked about when we talked about our mock draft the first time last year. 
he went and they he had some points taken off because he was exclusively almost a wide receiver. He was lining up a wide receiver at the tight end position. So he was not blocking. He did not have his hand in the dirt. And that cost him the award for the best tight end in the country. So what did he do this year when he came back? His focus was almost primarily and exclusively on putting his hand in the dirt and becoming a better blocker. So he lined up with 61% of their uh, of eligible plays with his hand originally in the dirt. Some he did stretch out and wide and go out wide like he did in the previous season. But 61% of the time this year, he was in the dirt as a true tight end. He was lined up on the line blocking. And when he did that, he became a better blocker. And what did he do? Led the country with tight end receptions and tight end touchdown catches. So I told Keyshawn, I said, hey, you mentioned that, oh, you can find tight ends later in the draft and that Gronkowski wasn't a high pick and that all of these other amazing tight ends weren't high picks. But my thing is, Kyle Pitts will be a generational talent. He is the type of guy that literally comes along once every 10, 15, 20 years at the position. And although you could, the Atlanta Falcons could possibly pick up on somebody a little bit later on down in the draft at the tight end position, they could very easily do the same thing for a quarterback. If they're going to take the time and have somebody to sit at least one minimum of a year behind Matt Ryan, why not go and get a quarterback in the second, third round? Somebody who can have that raw talent but needs that that extra coaching, that extra ability and time to grow. If you can get that much more of a bargain, it's way more effective to pick up a Kyle Pitts at the fourth pick. And so when Keyshawn, you know, gave me his rebuttal, I was like, well, let me ask you this question then. If that's the case, at what point do you think it's too high for Mr. Pitts to go? And I even asked, I said, is it too high at number eight to the Carolina Panthers? And that's when he let me know that, no, it's going to be. And I wish I had recorded it so I could play it for you guys. But I literally called on my way to work and um I, I just couldn't let him. I couldn't take it no more. I couldn't let him just badmouth Mr. Piston like that. So uh, he said, no, I could see him take or his words were I could take him as high as six. Now, I'm telling y'all this draft. Normally, it seems like certain picks are going to be kind of laid down and you can kind of expect and anticipate where to go. But with all of this back and forth and with everybody having so many different opinions and perspectives, um, I'm excited for the draft. We are less than. 10 days. We are nine days away from the start. First round is going to be Thursday, April the 29th, coming to us live from Cleveland, Ohio. So, again, I'm excited. Um, and we, we pretty much know the first two picks and what they're going to be. But from three down, it's going to be a free fall. And we're, we're definitely interested to see what it's going to be like. Uh, I am interested to see what's going to be there at number eight for the Panthers. I, I wouldn't be surprised with anything that we did. If we were to trade out of that number eight pick and get some additional compensation, I'm not going to be upset with it, nor would I be surprised. If there was one of the quarterbacks that for some reason or whatever fell down to us, boy, look here. (laughs) I would definitely be excited about that. But nonetheless, there are going to be some amazing, skilled, talented players, whether it be on the offensive line, whether we want to get somebody to replace Curtis Samuel and we get one of these amazing wide receivers because this draft is loaded with offensive linemen and with receivers. And apparently by the rush of how many are anticipated with as many as five quarterbacks being taken in the first five picks uh, or four, then it very easily could be a, a good draft for the quarterbacks as well. My thing is, 
it's going to be fun to see nonetheless. So we'll keep an eye out for that and see what happens on the 29th. Now, if we're going to pivot a little bit, let's talk a little bit about basketball. I I don't know if y'all had the privilege to have been watching basketball over the last couple of weeks, but there is one guy who's got some Carolina ties who is balling. Three-point sixer lead, Curry for three, punch it in. Steph Curry now, 11 straight games with 30 or more. Mark Twain once wrote, the rumors of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. Once upon a time, not very long ago, last season, there were people up and down my Facebook, my Instagram, and every sports group that I was with, with every conversation that I had that discussed how, one, he was, Mr. Stephen Curry, was overrated, and two, he was done. He was washed. He was through. Steph Curry said, oh, yeah. Hold my bear. (laughs) This guy is playing amazing basketball. He has shown, uh, I think he's put to rest whether or not the fact that he is the greatest shooter to have ever picked up a basketball in the history of the game. From the time that Mr. Naismith invented basketball until the time that Jesus comes back and says, all right, y'all come on home, there will never be another shooter as great as Steph Curry. That's not an argument. That's not a conversation that I'm willing to have. That is a fact. Now, what he is quickly and steadily working towards is becoming one of the best point guards ever. Now, you can say what you want to say as far as his floor general abilities and as far as his skills with regards to leading the offense, but he himself is a walking bucket. This man dropped 49 points in a 107-96 win in the city of brotherly love out in Philly when them playing the Sixers. Uh, he had his fifth 40-point game in the month of April and topped Mr. Kobe Bean Bryant and Michael Jordan for the most 40-point games in a month by a player 33 years of older. See, he is getting older and still getting better. He is lethal from the time he steps out of the car and into the gym. He can literally be walking out of the locker room and somebody needs to guard him. His range is just as as he's walking over half court because he is that dangerous. Even when they try to triple team him and double team him, the, the his ability to move without the ball and to just catch and release is literally the best that I've ever seen in watching basketball. Steph Curry is the greatest shooter and again, one of the best point guards. And I'm saying he's working towards becoming the best point guards ever. In this particular game uh, against the Philadelphia 76ers, there was a certain uh, catalyst or antagonist, if you would, that really, really, really pushed him towards that. Um, If you guys watched the game or if you didn't, Mr. Seth Curry, the Duke alum, uh, was out there for the 76ers, and I guess he's like, yo, I'm playing uh, big bro. I got to go ahead and put a show on. And he came out shooting, and he was putting the fire to, to Steph. And, and just as anybody who's ever had an opportunity to compete against any of their siblings, pretty much in anything. If you guys are anything like my siblings, then you know what it is. Um, my brother and I played high school football against each other. My sister and I, even if it was just seeing who could wash dishes the quickest, we <laughs> siblings are competitive. And so for Seth to have come out the way he did, Steph was like, oh, you thought because we in your city, you was fitting to come out here and get this win, though. 
Now, I need you to go ahead and hold these 49 points as I'm shooting it everywhere that you can go. Um, Seth Curry definitely put on a game. Um, just amazing, amazing talent that night. Uh, in addition to that, as I mentioned, just the streak that he has been on. When the injury to Klay Thompson happened, I'm not going to lie. I was one of the ones who said, well, that's going to do them. And then they got Kelly Oubre, and I was like, okay, they're still done. He is almost single-handedly keeping them in contention. We know with the NBA format being changed this year that the seeds 6 through 10 will have a play-in, sort of like a mini March Madness tournament type thing to play into the playoffs. Uh, And so with that, he has them square in contention right now. They were tied for uh, ninth. Now they're single-handedly in the ninth spot, and they're playing some of their best basketball. If you've ever, if you've watched any of their games this season, when Steph Curry is not in the lineup, they're a different team. I mean, it, it, it's it's almost impeccable what he's been able to do. Just to have them at five hundred right now just is a, an amazing feat. Now you add that to the fact that he is so far this season made 303 three-pointers. The fact that he has passed Wilt Chamberlain all time as the all-time scorer in the Warriors history, those two accolades alone. Now, mind you, we still got something almost like 15, 20 games left in the season, and it's already the fourth most made threes in an NBA season with that many games left. I mean, how can you not have him listed is literally just one of the best ever. Steph Curry continued, excuse me, Wardell Stephen Curry. Go ahead on and keep doing your thing, bro. You got a fan here at Carolina Sports Talk. Um, even if you go and look at the Instagram, Carolina at carolinasportstalk.net, I put up a graphic just before the game the other day that was incredibly, incredibly telling uh, about what he has been doing recently, and I'm pulling it up for you guys so that I can go ahead and give it to you accurately. And again, this was before the game uh, last night. Steph Curry this week has outscored in three-pointers every other team in the league. The Orlando Magic have 33, and this was again before yesterday. Sacramento Kings had 33. The Washington Wizards had 29. The New Orleans Pelicans had 26. And Steph Curry had 36. 10 more than the fifth place team and three more than the entire Orlando Magic franchise. The man is a monster, y'all. There is no way to say anything other than he is the greatest shooter and possibly the best point guard ever in the history of the league. That's that's all to it. So I'm going to continue to see him. We hope him the best. I hope that he stays healthy. Next year when Klay Thompson comes back, ooh, y'all better watch out for them, for them Warriors. Now, they ain't got nothing for the Lakers, but that's a whole nother story. So, shout out to him. Congratulations, and we are incredibly proud of you, brother. So, as I stick with basketball, but pivot a little bit over to the Charlotte Hornets, we have another dunk of the year candidate, y'all. This one, I think, was made even worse uh, just by the announcer and, and, and his emotion with which he called this one. If you missed it, here it is. Let me give you guys a chance to hear it out. Just check this out real quick. And Hornets looking for momentum here. Final two minutes of our first. Oh, Terry! How do you do? Again on the Nets. So, <laughs> Terry, how do you do? Mr. Terry Rozier coming down the lane. It was like, oh, y'all just going to give me this lane? All right, cool. Hold this. 
Boom. If you missed it, I, that I, oh, I just got to put a picture up of a picture of it up on the Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk because um, man, Terry Rozier is a bad man, boy. So shout out to the Hornets, man, and uh, we know that they're not having the best season record wise, and we we hope uh, originally as reported a couple of weeks ago. Um, LaMelo Ball, man, he was balling out at the early part of the year in the season and he got hurt. And there was an expectation that he would likely be gone for the remainder of the season. But there's some whispers that he might be coming back pretty soon. So, um, yeah, man, it'll be interesting to see, you know, the rest of the season coming through, especially with, like I said, them playing good good ball but not quite having all of the pieces and so i know they wish him a steady and swift recovery and we do as well so all right that brings us to mail time here on carolina sports i've got an email today coming from mr andrew polly all the way out in kansas my guy one of the biggest panther fans i know all right his email says hey all right bro so let's see if this makes sense so I haven't been very excited about a Panther offseason since the Keyshawn Johnson experience. Smitty and Key had me bouncing off the walls. But until now, I'm excited. Say what you want about Tep. He's holding true to what he said, and he's putting the right people in place. I can't say a bad thing about the job Federer has, Federer has done thus far, and Rule is doing wonders with all things considered. Defensively, Perriman... Reddick, Fox, Bouying, they all bring a new element and address an area of concern. Offensive, now you add David Moore, Cam Irvin, Eifling, Arnold, and Sam Darnold, addressing depth and once again, every area of concern. We haven't even hit the draft yet, and I am jazzed about this squad, which leads me to my bold prediction. All right, let's check it out. If I may, Breeze is out and they won't be the same. Atlanta is Atlanta and in a transition year. Time and Eagle catches up with Brady and Tampa, and they implode. Carolina reminds the world why they became the Cardiac Cats and edge out win after win, finishing 11-6 and six and win the division. With a healthy CMC returning, the added pieces and upgraded quarterback will be on the right side of the close games and two steps from a pacemaker. Sam Darnold gets an MVP mention. He won't win, <laughs> but it'll be brought up. Jeremy Chin, Defensive Player of the Year, and our Carolina Panthers will be the 2021 NFC South champs. Haha, <laughs> enjoy that one. Man, Andrew, first of all, thank you, bro, for the uh, – I say Andrew. This, that's Polly. Polly, thank you, my guy, for the uh, email. I will make sure I get you your Carolina Sports Talk magnet out in the mail. And anybody else that's interested in just kind of letting me know what you think, hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net, and we can get you some merch sent out as well. First and foremost, when I told y'all that Polly was one of the biggest Panthers fans I knew, um, I, I can't even hold you. He really is. As evidenced by that – Glittered with optimism <laughs> perspective. Now, coming from an unbiased, and I'm doing the air quotes because at the end of the day, is there anybody who listens to the show that really thinks I'm not biased for the Carolina Panthers? Really? But no, as unbiased as I possibly can, I agree with just about everything you said. We have addressed defensive needs. We have addressed offensive needs. Literally, our draft is in a position to draft the best available. I'm interested to see how they handle it and in which directions we can go. But nothing that they add 
will be a reach because we've addressed all of the holes that we need. Our defense is going to be a year older. Our offense now has skilled positions, uh, skilled players at just about every position. Um, if we get an off, some offensive linemen and a tight end, I'm happy, bro. Even though, like you mentioned in your email, uh, Polly, that the Dan Arnold uh, uh, draft, not drafting, but uh, free agent signing is huge. He was balling in Arizona. And so that's going to, even if we do end up drafting a tight end, I think him being there is going to go a long way for the tight end core. So I'm excited. I don't know about 11 and 6. I would probably say something closer. And for those of you saying, wait, that's 17 games. Remember, there is the extra game this year. But I, if I'm going to if I'm going to say it, I am going to say something probably closer to eight and nine, maybe nine and eight, only because I am going to respect Tom Brady for who he is. In one of our early episodes, we talked about him being the goat and he is that. And they've done enough to actually come back as well. Now, Atlanta, I agree. They are absolutely in a transition year. It'll be interesting to see what they do with that fourth overall pick that we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, but Atlanta is going to be Atlanta, and I don't expect them to have a winning record this year. And if Jameis Winston is the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, ain't going to be enough defense in the world <laughs> for them to be able to be what they have been. And and so definitely at the bare minimum, I see us having a new NFC champ, NFC South champ this year with New Orleans having taken it last, several last years and then with us taking it the three years in before. I honestly believe that this is the year that any it's anybody's conference to take or anybody's champ, uh, championship because Jeremy Chin is going to be just that kind of guy. Now that – him being defensive player of the year, I can absolutely see that. Um, Sam Darnold for MVP. <sighs> I'd love to see it, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on it, and then if it all comes true, Polly, listen, me and you'll celebrate. And when you come to Charlotte, bro, we'll we'll, we'll make it happen, and we can re-air this episode and you can come back and tell me that you told you so but yeah i'm thinking eight and nine nine and eight is gonna be closer to us and i honestly do i can see us making the playoffs this year and 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 we we got the squad for it so we're excited about it and we we appreciate again the email all right and for my next segment we're going to introduce a first for carolina sports talk our player profile I actually have in studio with me today, Miss Naya G from Columbia College. She is a freshman volleyball player. Naya G, how are you doing tonight? Absolutely fantastic. How are you? Doing good. Well, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. We are excited to have you with us. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what made you choose Columbia College Volleyball? Mm, love that question. So, again, my name is Night G. How y'all doing? I'm originally born and raised in Seattle, Washington. So, yes, Seattle Seahawks is my team. Thank you. Okay. Shout out to the Seahawks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, why I chose Columbia College? Mm-hmm. Really to deal with, like, my family was a military family. So, kind of was already brought here. Was kind of forced. But um, after we were here... <laughs> Um, I definitely got a look at Columbia College. There was other, you know, private and public colleges that I saw. And I'm a very outgoing person, very uplifting, and I feel like I can adapt anywhere. But as soon as I kind of got a look at Columbia College and how more it's a family and being at this private college is more of, okay, I like this. Everyone's really homey and friendly and very helpful, like from the teachers to the faculty and staff. Like I appreciate everyone. And to this day, 
I developed really good opportunities to look forward to. Okay, sounds good. Now, uh, we talked a little bit off air about the season that you guys had this past season. It was your first season being a freshman. Mm. Uh, We know that it was a difficult season with COVID and not necessarily being able to have external fans uh, in the stadium or whatever. But what would you say uh, was the best, uh, your favorite part of the season and just the the overall travel and just adjusting to the college game as opposed to the high school game? For sure. Me, obviously, I'm a freshman, so kind of just being able to play. Okay. I've been so passionate. I've been playing volleyball for like 10 plus years, so it's like, this is my sport. I can, I feel like I could play this forever. Even if I, even when I'm old and brittle, still going to play it. (laughs) Broken knees, I'm going to try and play it. Like, having that experience and being part of a team where we, yes, we're all females and we have our certain ways, but at the same time, we still all, we're a team at the end of the day and we all cooperated and we did our best. Outstanding. Now, as we mentioned, listening, she just gave me a major eye roll just now. <laughs> so they went winless this season. What was the yeah. overall record? Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> How many games y'all like, play? We played. Well, a lot of them got canceled. It was oh, really so, bad. so y'all did have some cancels. We had a COVID. whole bunch of canceled. Like we okay. didn't even get to play Benedict at all, and we mm. were supposed to play them. And at that, we also do um, like a JV varsity. Mm-hmm. So we have to play the teams that are JV varsity. So Benedict and Allen were like that, and they canceled a whole bunch of teams. Like out, we didn't get to play Kentucky. We played Point and some other schools, but a lot of the time, I guess I was like twelve zero. Okay. Yep. Oh, and twelve. Yep. Well, that's all right. I mean, next season we we, we look forward to some absolutely hundred percent. I'm in there like swimwear. Okay. What position you play again? I'm an outside hitter. And just for the folks who don't have the privilege to, to be sitting across from you, let them know how tall you are. Um, I am five eleven. <laughs> and she's every bit of that too, y'all. So <laughs> with that, and you said you're a setter. No, I'm an outside hitter. Outside hitter. Mm-hmm. You look like you got some power on you, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. I do <laughs> all the jumping. Like, I recently had an injury. Um, My knee kind of popped out of place, popped oh, wow. back in while I was playing. I kept playing. That wasn't really the smartest thing, but I was – I'm super big on being good. Like, okay. I'm a huge perfectionist. Like, if I'm not mm. – if I know I made it on the team, like, I made it – I'm a freshman, made it on varsity. That's big. And I'm college – Oh, I'm going to keep my behind there. (laughs) Whatever is happening. Like, no, this knee, that don't exist right now. So I'm going to keep going at it. And I had to pay the price. But at the end of the day, I took care of myself and I'm better and I'm and I'm back. Outside of uh, staying healthy, what do you think are some of the biggest things that you may have learned through this season? Or maybe not even just you as an individual, maybe you guys as a team. What do you think you've learned from this season that could carry over through next year to help you guys kind of turn that (laughs) <laughs> oh and 12 around a little bit right <laughs> um for the team perspective for sure con- taking constructive criticism okay um a lot of young women on our team just couldn't take constructive criticism mm. and when you're obviously not the only important person because everyone has a role playing volleyball there's six people in the court everyone is passing or setting one well excuse me one person is setting another three people are hitting so everyone has a role no one's less than anyone so it's more of like, so if the coach, obviously the coach knows what they're doing. They've been mm-hmm. doing this forever. Kind of their job. Right. <laughs> obviously, they get paid to do this. But um, a lot of them just couldn't take it. And they would get emotional. They would get angry and talk down on coaches, get upset with the other players. Just like, we don't have time for that. 
okay. and it kind of it showed on the court and it was embarrassing so a lot of that time so it was like we talked and it was like hey we need y'all to get some tougher skin gotcha like nobody got time for y'all to cry and boo-hoo like and that's honestly a part of the the, the growing and maturation process within a young team. So Absolutely. We definitely hope you guys can um, turn it around. We look forward to seeing what the koalas are able to do next year. Now, before I let you go, I do want to pivot. You mentioned just a moment ago that you're from Seattle, Washington. Yes, I am. We talked about your Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, they're going through something right now. Yeah, and how they've lost so many times consecutively to <laughs> the right, Panthers. Right, right. But we're not going to get on that right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to tell you, I do want to ask you. Um, we looked it up and we saw that you guys have uh, zero first round picks this year. You actually um, in, ended up yeah. that pick going out to the Jets. But uh, you do possess the twenty third pick in the second round, number fifty six mm-hmm. overall. Um, is there anybody that you thinking? Hey, we should go for this, or do you, do you follow it enough to say, hey, this is what we should address, or what you thinking about for the draft? Who would you like to see, or what think- position? I want to see some. I know our defense. Our defense is amazing. Okay. I love our defense. Yeah. It's been um, the calling card out there for a long time. Even though the Legion of Boom is gone. <laughs> we're going gonna to get back there, hopefully. But um, I want to just see more for the offense side. I feel like because it's not that strong. Not going to lie. Okay. I'm not talking down on the team, but still like, hey, you know, offense hasn't been that great. Mm-hmm. But it's I- been all right. How'd you feel when Russell Wilson was talking about uh, the, all the trade talks with him leaving was going out there? Were you okay with it, thinking, hey, we might be able to get the next future franchise face? Or were you like, no, don't go? I uh, I recently met him okay. living in Washington. So, you know, it, it's, he obviously lives there and it's not far off from where, you know, the downtown area. Mm-hmm. And... He seemed like a very, you know, heartfelt guy, like, and also just, obviously, I love him. Like, he's a dope quarterback, like, amazing. It would be sad to see him go, but if he ever decided to leave, then he'd be like, okay, that's fine. On to the next. On to so, the you're next. not a players fan. You're, like, an authentic Seattle Seahawks yeah. fan. Yeah. Okay, that's all right. Uh, one last thing. We saw Mr. Alden Smith, you guys, defensive end. Yeah, my guy's going through something. I got a warrant issued for his arrest on a battery charge in Louisiana. You mentioned he too old to be acting like that. He's 31 years old. I just looked that up. He is 31 years old. Now, come on now. Uh, that, I understand these, half of these guys like in the NFL are young in their early 20s, maybe mm-hmm. mid 20s. But you're 30 dog on one. Come on now. <laughs> and for those of you uh, the listeners out there who may not have known or heard about it, as I mentioned, he is or has had a warrant issued for his arrest. We know that he, through his time in the league, has been ha- had just troubles and struggles. And mm-hmm. so we do wish uh, Mr. Smith the best. Cuz, come on, cuz. Get right, cuz. Come on, love. Come on. We well, before we let you go, is there anything you want to highlight to people and let them know or – I want to say this is my favorite podcast, and I listen to it on a daily. Let's go. You know, (laughs) thank you so much for having me. Well, Naya, I appreciate you coming through again. It's been a pleasure to have you with us. And y'all go make sure you check out the Columbia College Koalas. Uh, They've got athletics going right now, as well as the volleyball season starting back in the fall. So, again, Naya, thank you for coming out. And you you have a good one. Y'all can check her out when she gets this uh, music career popping, too. Because Shorty can blow. I'm trying to tell you about it. Thank you again, Naya. You have a good one, baby. You too. All right. 
We want to thank Nia G again for stopping in with us. Uh, if you've got college players and or pro players, if you yourself are a player and you want to spotlight yourself and or your fans or anybody else, if you've got somebody, just hit, tell them to hit us up. Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net. We'd love to be able to talk with you guys, to be able to spotlight your colleges or your programs, your athletes, whomever it may be. Whatever your talents, no matter what, we want to get you guys out there. So. Before I let you guys go this week, I uh, <laughs> I got to go ahead and get get right real quick. Here at Carolina Sports Talk, we pride ourselves in providing you guys with accuracy in our reporting and with our information. On last week's episode, I was uh, fast in my reading and improper in my analysis. I told you guys that Hideki Matsui won the Masters tournament last week when in reality the Masters was won by Hideki Matsuyama not to be confused with Hideki Matsui who was a Yankees baseball player so I do want to go ahead and put that quick correction out there. And as a result, for all of my golf fans out there, next week's episode, we will have uh, golf, golf expert Mr. Justin Smith to discuss um, just a little bit about the golf and even from the African-American perspective, being a black golfer himself, uh, just why he got into the game and everything. So we will have that on next week's episode for you guys. We may touch a little bit on the soccer as well with the teams in the um, UEFA league splitting with the top teams. And so, a little bit of that, but I definitely want to get some golf perspective on as well. If there's any other sports that you guys want us to cover, make sure you hit us up on Carolina Sports Talk line, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. You can also reach us on the Instagram page at Carolina Sports Talk. But if not, thank you for tuning in. I am excited that you did. Thank you, and we look forward to hearing you next week. It's your man, Big Cliff. You can always check us out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Till next week, peace.